Mark, I think it's time to talk some football. Yeah, let's do. Please welcome on stage Eamon Fennell, Mark O'Shea and Lee McHale. Can we start but with that All Ireland final? Mark, is it worse being a fan or actually being out there playing? How nervous were you on Sunday? Um, I, I suppose I'd retired in for the corporate box. Nah, I actually wasn't. I just went, up. I went, I went up for a, for a minute and I came back down. I was in premium level actually, but uh, Dalo got me up to his prawn sandwich um, box for a few minutes. But you know, the fact that I retired for a few years, I know Eamon might say the same thing. I found the first year after I retired was tough enough. Um, you know, one night I came home and I was I passed the Austin Stack Park and the boys are inside training and it kind of hits you that you're you're actually gone. You know, it's 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 over. But I've been gone a few years now and it's it's great. I'm a supporter and watching the boys the last day and it's a, it's a new team now. You know, it's 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 all these lads who've won the minors the last few years coming up, and they're now the you know the likes of Sean O'Shea, Clifford, um, they've they've really brought it to a new level and. You know, this this the, the first year they won the minors was 2014, and all these young lads are in now, and it's it's great to see them because when we were there and when we won our All Irelands, they were only small boys, you know. So it's great that there's a new conveyor belt of talent coming through, and hopefully now it'll be enough to to do the job Saturday week. Eamon, uh, you've obviously seen Dublin win a couple of All Irelands in recent years, but that five in a row, the tension was just unbelievable as a neutral just watching that you know we were we were we were in the office we were actually literally standing up uh, with a couple of minutes to go what was it like for you watching that and hoping that the lads could at least get that equalizer yeah it was tough and uh, i think it comes down to loads of different things like you know when johnny got sent off you were just kind of thinking hopefully it's not like the hurling all ireland final like you know and it kind of showed the resolve. And then there's little bits in the game, the penalty, you know, the free at the end, the rider over shot. Like, you know, there was just, it had everything. So, like, it had that kind of nail-biting moments throughout the whole game. But for me, the nerves came in as soon as Johnny came. Like, I wasn't nervous going into that game. And I think everyone outside of Dublin hyped up to five in a row more so than, than Dublin itself. And Mark's had to show me one or two videos that say, like, to tell you different. But, uh <laughs> Yeah, I think when it got when it finally came down to it and Johnny got sent off, I was like, well, that's what Kerry needed. That was exactly what was playing into their hands. So we were lucky. We were very lucky by the end of it. Liam, from the neutral's view, did you think that Kerry might have left a chance behind them, if not their only chance? Um, I don't think so. Um, as Mark said, they're a very good young team. And the reason it was a classic was there's two great teams with the right mindset going at it. You know, it was always going to be a good game. Um, to be honest, which I expected Dublin to win by three or four po- points because of their power and because of their experience. But uh, I don't think, I, you know, nobody can talk about Curry more than Mark and all the All-Irelands that he's won, but I don't think um, Curry, you know, fear anybody because of their culture and their tradition. They would not, they, those young lads, young Shea and young Clifford and Ganey and the boys would not fear Dublin one bit. Most teams are afraid of Dublin. I think there's only probably two teams, in the, maybe two or three teams in the, in the country that are not. And Curry are certainly one of them. So I don't think there'll be any fear. They did, 
the Curry should have won the game. They had three great goal chances. Mick, they had like Young Clifford had went on three before he got going. He kicked three wide before he got going. So they, they would they would they would be feeling a little bit disappointed about not winning the game. But by Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, you know they'll have got that out of their systems, and you can be sure they'll have another crack at it again. And it will be another classic game because of the attitudes that mo- both management teams have, and because the skill set that both teams have. You're obviously involved in a draw and Ireland final before. What's it like afterwards? I've personally speaking, I'm talking about club here. I've been in a couple of uh, county finals that have gone to replays, and there's two very strange things out of the mood. One, the dinner afterwards, where you're kind of not knowing what to think or what to do. You saw uh, Stephen Cluxon's wife was tweeting uh, out photo of them at the cinema uh, Sunday night saying she didn't expect to be there. And secondly, the the two weeks of training after that before the replay are just so hard. To, I find to get yourself motivated. You're almost building up to this massive day, and then you have to go and do it again. Yeah, that um, that replay in '96 was the first thing I, I remember. It was a really intense physical game, as you'd always get off off a mead team. And uh, when the final whistle blew, the silence was just unbelievable because it was in a frenzy. We were six up, I think, and mead were coming back at us, and the noise was like last last Sunday. The noise was incredible, and then when the whistle blew. It just everything went dead, and people weren't sure what. To th- I remember the players, what's, what's going to happen now? Are we going to extra time, or do we just walk off the pitch? And we're kind of wandering around for it seemed like uh, four or five minutes, and then we, then we, the manager came over and said, "Let's let's take off." And it's difficult then. You see, you have all sorts of stuff going on. My brother-in-law of mine came over for the final from America. Uh, Kevin McStay's brother, my wife's brother, and uh, he had to ring his boss in, Bo- in Boston, say, "Can I?" wait for another two weeks. <laughs> I don't want to go home now, you know. So it's all, all that sort of stuff. It takes you a while. Like I said, it'll take the Curry boys a while to get over the disappointment of not winning last Sunday. But by Wednesday, you're back in harness again and you're, you're ready to go. And um, you're not worried about fatigue. You're not worried about uh, supporters. You're not worried about the weather. You're just full, fully focused by Wednesday on trying to get the best out of yourself again and get over, get, get, get over the hump. Who's going to win the replay? Um, um, I think Dublin are going to win by two or three points. I think they slumbered, they slept, they slept walked, they, they slept walked into the into the final. Even Mio didn't, uh, Mio didn't give them a challenge. And um, th- this year, and I think they just had it way too easy. And I, th- I don't think I'd say they were only at about eighty uh, percent last Sunday. I think they got the wake up call now that they need. And I think it's going to be a great game of football. I think it's going to be very very tight. And it's not often I bet against against uh, the, uh, Curry and this. I just think the power that Dublin have and the experience that they have is going to win the day the next day. But it's going to be very close, I'd say. Yeah, there's a sense that Kerry can improve as well. It's not just Dublin. Like, and, and I think what they'll have taken, like, you know, that you'd expect maybe Clifford might have shooed a little bit better or, you know, there's different little bits throughout the team. But, you know, for me, what Kerry will take from it is that their bench just massively outperformed Dublin, you know, and having... The super sub in, in, in Tommy now is just something that they might not even have expected to be there. It's like an extra, completely extra dynamic to the team. Oh, definitely, Mick. But I'd agree with Liam. I think Dublin only played at 80% the last day. But there's another side to look at that. I think Kerry only allowed them to play at 80%. And, and you know, like you're on about the Kerry bench. Um, I think the Dublin bench 
these lads, now if you look at their 1-15, to 15, I was going up in the car on Saturday and I was looking at the, you look at the matchups and the way they add all the total up at the end and Dublin out Wade Kerry. But the one thing that was striking from the Dublin point of view was 1-15, to 15, Bar Cluxton, the average age is 25-26. You look at the bench, it's, it's different. They, you know, you're talking 31-32. I think the players coming off the bench aren't having the same impact as they once did. And, you know, you, you, you contrast that with the... No, that said, McMenamin came, came off and he worked so hard, you know, and Connolly came off. But I think that the Kerry bench, you mentioned Tommy Walsh. I said this before the game. I think they should have started him, taken him off, brought him back on again like, like uh, Tyrone did with mm. Kenavan. And they, they all seem to be saying it now. But, I, look, he's the one player that... You know, you look at the you look at the the Kerry full forward line. You look at Ganey. You look at Clifford. You know, you're you're looking at the inside line and you're saying, Do you know what? We can handle these fellas. But with Tommy, it's it's a different type of a man you're handling. So I still think Dublin will have the answer for him. I think you know you've a lot of players bringing back James McCarthy. For me, was I was delighted when I saw James McCarthy being moved back. He's one of the Liam mentioned the physicality of Dublin. He's one of their go-to guys. All of a sudden now there's a different scenario. He's back in the full back line, and Kerry have. You know, Kerry, Kerry were still able to put good ball in because David Moran was, was working very well out in the middle of the field and, and Kerry were still able to get good ball into Tommy Walsh. The next day, I don't think that James McCarthy will go back. I think it might be Philly. You know, I think, I think if Philly's fit, I think he's going to come in. And, and, you know, maybe, you know, Eamon, you mentioned Keanu Sullivan. He might, he might come in if he's fit, but maybe injury is, is going to affect him. But I certainly think that James McCarthy is going to stay out the field the next day. So maybe Tommy mightn't have the same influence if, that, if that's the case. Mm. All depends on midfield, though, because, look, you know, and I, I, Kerry were outstanding in midfield the last day. And if you went to the start of the year and said, where do Kerry need to improve? Their goalkeeper needs to improve, their full back line needs to improve, and midfield needs to improve. And they were three lines that were outstanding the last day. Two midfielders here. What what is it that why is Jack Barry um uh, Brian Fenton's kryptonite? Like nobody else in the country can stop him, but Barry just seems to every time. Yeah, I think it's an accumulation of a few things and he's just a good man marker like he's there to take Fenton out of the game and it, like for me the new Lee Keegan and Dermot Connolly is going to be Johnny Small and uh, Stephen O'Brien I think that was a that was an unbelievable matchup but like you have to remember Fenton has been the leading light for so long now and the play he's just been Jack Barry was just there sacrificed yeah. you're going after him that's it don't mind everything else and if that's your game plan it, it's a bit easier on him then. He knows he's not, it doesn't have to do anything going forward. He just has to stop Brian Fenton. Uh, but I think matchups played a key part and I think Peter Keane got the matchups right. Dublin didn't. So for me, the one line that Kerry were questionable all year was their full back line, but I thought they were brilliant. And I thought their best line all year was the half forward line and I thought they were very weak. So, you know, I think as a team, Kerry got their matchups right. Uh, but going into it now, I think they'll have a different person on Clifford. I don't know why Johnny was on him in the first place. Johnny's a man that can win a ball out in front. He's never won to stand under a high ball and fight with Clifford. was just ridiculous. He's better off marking Guinea where he can get out in front. Mick Fitz can stand under the ball and fight for it. And then I think out the pitch where Dublin suffered on the kickouts, if you think back to 2013 and 2015 in the Lord and Final, even that year, them two years, Dublin's best two ball winners were Paul Flynn and Dermot Connolly. Why Dermot wasn't brought on to win kickouts is beyond me. So I think 
hopefully now. That's the interesting thing, Mark, that you brought up about the subs and the age profile. But I thought I thought Costello and and Jermyn were brought on way too late. Oh, yeah, it was like yeah. three minutes in regulation when they were when they were um, when they were brought on. Like Dublin needed scores at that stage. They were but starting they, to struggle. They also needed energy, you know. So like the lads had to play in 40 minutes with 14 men out on their feet. You have Cormac Costello came on in All Ireland final before, changed the game, kicked three points. He has magic in his boots. He has fit. He's fast. He can change a game. Bring him on. Dermot Connolly can win a ball. He can do things with it. Give him the chance to do that. And I just felt he didn't have the chance to prove himself. But, but even Sean O'Shea, uh, sorry Liam, even Sean O'Shea, he was, uh, James McCarthy was on him and you were talking about the matchups and all of a sudden James McCarthy has to go back and ma- uh, mark Tommy Walsh and Sean O'Shea kicks two points uh, over the bar from play. You know, So I don't think Dublin are going to get that wrong the next day. They, you know, If something happens, they're going to have an answer for it. But the big thing for me is the Tommy Welsh factor. I think they're going to have a detailed guy to mark him the next day. See, I, I still think it's... Uh, I, I said that me and Mark did a show before the game on Sunday and Mark said to start Tommy Welsh and I said no, why would you change your tactics going into a final? Like you know, And I think people bought into the Tommy Walsh fairy tale more so than the performance itself. Like Yes, he did well, but again, it was the Tommy Walsh fairy tale. Oh, he's back, he's after doing this. Uh, I just don't think you start him. I think he's yeah. when 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 Johnny got sent off, I would have put him on straight away. Two people breaking ball around there would have been a game changer. I don't know why he didn't. The, the thing about that is though, the, there's no team in the country that kick passes the ball distance wise better than the Curry boys. Yeah. And when Tommy's on the edge of the square with the two finishers floating around him, Moore and the boys can and, and Young Shea can kick in those diagonal balls, and they're nearly p- impossible to defend. Especially when you have five foot nine, five foot ten, five foot eleven inch full forwards. So when Tommy wins that, it's a high percentage point or a goal chance, and one or two, one or two goals again the next day, and yeah. that could be the winning of the game. And I think that's what you're looking at, Mark. That yeah. the, the Curry boys can make those kick passes, David especially, David Moore especially, and they're nearly impossible to defend. Yeah, every time David gets the ball, the one thing, and you know, any player, any good player when he gets the ball the first thing he should do is look up is there a man in a better position that ball has to go if you look at David Moore and he's been outstanding all season the first thing he does is he looks up and he kicks the ball in that ball that he kicked into Tommy Welch under the hill in the second half Tommy wins it from James McCarthy slips it to Sean O'Shea over the bar now albeit it was a hard kick but he got brilliant defending by the way great defending and Dublin managed to get three three guys back but can you imagine if if you have a situation where you have the likes of Sean O'Shea coming off him Stephen O'Brien coming at pace I'd agree with Eamon that was a great battle with John Small and it'll be interesting to see if if Small is fit for the next day but you know for me you know if they get that ball in and you know for all Kerry's dominance in the first half with the high with with midfield you know, Clifford, there was three balls kicked in and he caused damage for the three balls, but we should have targeted him more. We should have kicked more ball into him. And, you know, there's a lot of fellas saying that a lot of the Dublin players didn't play well the last day, but there's a lot, you know, if you you come away from that game and you say, well, Stephen O'Brien was quiet, Clifford was only fair, you could say by his standards, there was a few Kerry players as well who were quiet. So that's why I'd give Kerry a chance the next day. I know there was a lot of dubs. Mannion, Conor Callaghan were very quiet. Fenton was quiet. But there was a few Kerry fellas. And like Liam said, we did. Stephen O'Brien was possibly in for a goal. Uh, Ganey had the chance for the goal and the penalty. So we certainly had chances. 
Uh, one last thing on Tommy Walsh. I don't know if you saw the photo, Liam, of uh, him getting ready to hoist David Bourne over the crossbar like a, a rugby line-out. Was, you've obviously been involved in coaching. You've, uh, you've seen, always hear about basketball stuff and brought into GEA, but is that the first time you've seen something like that? Well, it's, it's happened before. People, people have said it, but uh, the only thing about that is, you know, when you're throwing a line-out, not that I was ever a hooker now or anything, but when you're throwing the ball in, it's straight. So unless it lands where the two boys are standing... You know, how are they going to get across the far side of the goal? So it's, it's clever, but it needs to be going exactly. Yeah. And they were figuring that, they were figuring, <laughs> you know, obviously Dean was very tired. It was never going to get that far, that far, you know, and it fell short on his near side because he was tired. He was so far out, but it's still a good idea. Like if it works, it works. Before we move off the final, I'm just uh, fascinated by something you said. How come no manager has ever done the Peter Canavan thing again since, after it worked so well there? There's loads of players that are coming back that you know only have a half an hour on their legs, but you want them at both ends of the game. Yeah, I don't know, it's especially with the, the fact that you have six subs now. You know, it's, 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 for me, it's a no-brainer, particularly if a fella can't play 70 minutes. You know, Tommy's had a serious injury in the AFL, you know, where... The, the the bone or the, the hamstring came off the bone and to come back from that is amazing so but like is there 70 80 minutes in him I, I don't think so so from 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 Dublin's point of view if he does start you know what are what are Dublin going to do is 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 Philly going to start I don't think so so maybe McCarthy has to go back but I certainly think it is an option uh, for a fellow who who can play 80 minutes definitely yeah uh, Liam this is obviously uh, your first year looking in now at Roscommon uh, you have to reflect and say it was a, it was a good year for them. Um, a brilliant year. Two two Connacht titles now in three years is an amazing achievement. You know, Bre- Brendan or was it, uh, Anthony was saying how competitive Connacht is in football, and to win two in three years is great. To beat Mayo and Galway away is another fantastic um, achievement. Uh, the trajectory trajectory now is a semi-finals, win the two games in the um, in the quali- in the Super Eight, and then get into a then get into a semi-finals and take your chances there. So um, I wouldn't be too worried about the league next year. Staying up in the league would be fine. If you got promoted, it would be brilliant. But really ha- try and retain that Connacht title and then really have a cut at the, uh, at the Super Race because the, I think this team now with the age profile and stuff and the experience they've acquired in the last three or four years, it's, it's, it's time now that they pushed on and got into a semi-finals. Yeah, there must be something about the mentality of this group of players. And obviously, you've worked with them in depth. As a as a Cavan fan, we've uh, we've had a big rivalry with them over the last few years. And they always you just look on with envy because one, they always beat us, mm. and two, they're always just capable of pulling off that scalp. Like go, they'll go and win the Connacht mm. title. Like you're saying, two times in three years. There's something there that like, they just they seem to be able to get themselves up for those games. I think um, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, good forwards. You always have a chance. Uh, when you have good forwards, and Roscommon have some great forwards. Uh, we were talking earlier about young Sean O'Shea. Uh, when, when, when Curry was stru- struggling, he was kicking points over the bar from, de- from, from the ground from 50, 55 metres out, and he was keeping, young and all as he is with his skill set, he was keeping Curry in the game in that crucial period of the game, in the middle of the game. So when you have those type of players, you always have a chance, and that's what Mark is saying as well. And I even though I fancy Dublin to win in a tight game, you can't bet against Curry because they have the players that can score and score heavily. And Curry can go out the next day, Saturday week, and score two or three goals but like, like that because they have that sort of quality. And when you have that quality, you always have a chance. And Mark, an old teammate of yours has uh, made a trip up here and made a big difference this year. Like um, Connor Cox, like, he was kind of almost a missing piece for, for Roscommon, wasn't he? How did 
do you think do you think he was someone that Kerry kind of let slip through the cracks is he oh, definitely I mean you watch you watch the way the season progressed for him and you know the league he was he was doing very well in the league and the championship game and Liam mentioned there and you, you have when you when we're in Roscommon we have to mention the like I think winning the the Connacht and then beating Mayo and, and Galway that's massive that was 2001 was the last time that happened and I, I think that's a massive achievement and as Liam says drive on now and try and get to a semi-final and I think you know this year in the Super 8s they were far more competitive this year than they were last year and Connor Cox definitely added to that um, you know and he, you see the one, the one thing I'll say about him is I've marked him in training in Killarney and Fitzgerald Stadium and you give that guy space and he will kick He's a super kicker. He, you know, he he trains a lot on his own kicking in the stole limits, and you know, just left, right, he has it. And you know, you talk. There's there's very few players in the game that are just sweet kickers, and he just has that. And a huge addition to Roscommon this year. And I'm sure if Peter Keane was looking at the the year as it progressed, he'd probably say, Do "You know what? If I had it back again, I'd love to have him on board." Definitely. Um, well, look, there's no, there's a good chat about Roscommon, but there's nobody who kind of uh, embodies the supporter spirit of Roscommon more than one of our, our special guests tonight. Um, we've got the the, Ro- the club Rossi legend, uh, Paddy Joe Burke, there with Lauren. Paddy, stand up from here. <laughs> Paddy, you are very much a Roscommon fan, but I am after hearing tonight that you did go to the 95 All-Ireland Hurling Final, and I want to know that story. Oh yeah, Laura, how are you? Um, just before I answer that, can I just say that it's absolutely great to be here. And watching the lads there, well, they were all mighty footballers. And aren't they absolutely brilliant talkers as well? <laughs> and it's great to be here. Yeah, I, uh, I love Roscommon. Oh, I absolutely love it. And um, I drove down to, um, to Porky Creeve when uh, Tipperary and Clare was playing. Now, wouldn't be mad about hurling myself, have a passing interest. But what I went to, um, what I went to, yeah, sorry. What I went to Porky Creeve to see was a mass of Roscommon colours. Uh, I, I clapped for both teams because both of them put up the Roscommon flag. Oh, it was just great now to see Tip and Claire down there. And yeah, I was fortunate enough to be at um, the hurling final. I love men with passion, and I love women as well with it. <laughs> but <laughs> football, like, it's great to hear the lads talking, like, and it's great to be present, like, to see these are lads that has done it at the top level. And um, I, I absolutely uh, loved Liam Griffin when he was manager of uh, Wexford. And I loved the little touch when he came home with the Liam McCarthy Cup. He stopped and he walked across the boundary, you know, and the romance that's in, in, in football. And can I just say to Liam there now tonight, as beha- on behalf of myself as just an ordinary supporter, the happiness and the enjoyment that Liam and Kevin and the, all the backroom staff gave to us when we beat Galway above in Peter Stadium and the drive back to the city of Roscommon, coming home with the Nestor Cup, coming home as Connacht champions. And like for we to win a Connacht final, because... Uh, we're, we're sandwiched in Connacht between two massive GA counties. Galway, Galway is, is coming. Galway is going to be the next big, one of the next big two in GA. And they have 257,000 people. 
And Mayo is a massive GA county like. And even Sligo has a bigger population than Roscommon and Leitrim and ourselves like. And to win a Connacht final, it's going to be getting harder and harder. The Super 8 is all for the elite. The Super 8s, you can say every year that there's going to be six out of the eight that's in it. And there's going to be two teams, the top, the top two in Division 2 and the bottom two in Division 1. There's four teams there and they're going to be struggling to get into the Super 8s. And uh, I like we love we love the Rossies, and uh, I think it was brilliant this year. We we won the Connacht final, but one of the, one of the great wins for Roscommon was when we went down to Porky Ring. It was a pity it wasn't Porky Keeve, because uh, Porky Keeve is only new, and they needed Roscommon as the final bit of varnish on the stadium. <laughs> And we didn't get into it yet, but we will get to it. But to go down to Cork and to beat Cork below in Cork, and what a day that was. You know, Cork uh, the previous day, the one, the under 20. And um, we, we went down, it's a long drive from Roscommon down to Cork, but boy, it was a lovely drive back home. <laughs> <laughs> and why I, why I think the Super 8's win for us was vital. It was, it, was, it was a huge win because next year to come out of Connacht is going to be, it's going to be difficult. You're going to have a new manager in, um, in Galway now. And Galway are coming. Galway are a great football team. Galway would win a Connacht final on 31% possession. They always fierce hair to beat. Mayo is there. And we, like, our lads getting into the Super 8s, no matter whether we go the front door or the back door, it's great incentive now that we did get into the Super 8s, we did get in with the big boys, and we beat one of the big boys. So next year, we were, we were very unlucky this year. We had a great run. We were FBD League champions. Mightn't mean a lot, but it means a lot to us, Common. We're Connacht champions. We were four pints short of an All-Ireland semi-final. And in that four pints that Tyrone beat us in the hide, we hit the woodwork three times. And that's how close we were to getting to an All-Ireland semi-final. We went down to Cork and we beat Cork. And I really think the best is yet to come for us, Common. We're coming for the big boys. <laughs> Do you have any questions for our panel here tonight? I know it's just absolutely brilliant to see them. God, I, do you know it's I I I, I could just listen to them. I and do you know they're so natural and the ends they're not like politicians, which is great. The <laughs> an, <laughs> they answer every question honestly, and I love that. And rather than I asking them questions, I'm going I'm going to listen to them rather than asking. And I'm delighted to see them and the best to look, lads. Come on, Paddy. Thank, thank you very much. And just before I hand it back to the two guys, as we said earlier, if you do want to contribute any questions to the discussion, you can use hashtag Clubhouse Live. I do have two questions in from the audience that I think we're going to ask away to our panel now. The first is from Paul O'Donoghue, wherever Paul is there. He wants to know, what does Mark think of the changes in demands of playing inter-county football from the time he started and when he retired? And does he now think that careers will be shorter? Yeah, uh, it's a good question because the way it's gone now, it's it's definitely gone professional. Um, and when I, f I could see it when I finished up, there was, you know, I had a small baby and you're, you're busy at home, you're busy at work. And it, it had gone from being three nights a week all of a sudden to five nights a week because you're doing your gym sessions collectively as well. You can't, you can't just do your gym whenever you want. So we were we were going five nights a week, and it's literally it's a young man's game. Um, you know, it's it's so hard to, to just to fit everything in. You have to be so organised. 
but I was very lucky. You know, we got and the the, the weights just kind of you know the gym, the S and C side of it. It just took off maybe in two thousand and four. I was there from 2001. We were doing it, but we weren't doing it religiously. Pat Flanagan came in as a coach in 2004, and we all got our programs, and you could see the difference that it had. So it certainly helped. Pat came from a sprinting background, so you know, and a sports science background, and he 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 was the first guy who introduced that to us, and we could see the benefit of it. And once once we bought into it, we knew that we we were going to continue it. So you know, it's it certainly is. It's it's the sports science behind it. Now you're talking about video analysis ses- sessions, but a lot of it now is even through the phone. You know, the, the the management set up the apps where you can view, you know, maybe who you're marking. You can get all the video clips on them. You can see the way they play, what leg they turn to, what way they turn. Are they good fielders? All of this stuff, and it's 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 massive. The attention to detail now and. Liam will even tell you this from from a coaching point of view. The work that management do behind the scenes to to prepare all this stuff, and it's it's just incredible the 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 back behind the scenes work that goes into it. And then the players, obviously, they have to do their bit. But it's it certainly is a young man's game. And I mean, I'm just thinking like on last Sunday, and then even again there now, like of like some of the lads on the Dublin panel, Bernard Brogan, like you know mid thirties, Onogara. Kevin McManaman, all these guys who like aren't even getting playing time and having to go through kind of what Mark uh, is talking about there. It's an unbelievable kind of level of commitment, like isn't it, to to just keep wanting to be part of that and hoping that you get on someday. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the beautiful thing about uh, successful teams is it's never about the players that are on the pitch; it's about the players that are on the panel. And if I look back on 2011 for me, and I and I think every member of that panel will say the two best players all year were Mossy Quinn and David Henry because they didn't feature all year but we played A versus B games and they pushed the players to an unbelievable level so they the A, a guys were getting pushed to a level that I've never seen before because the two lads were just running the muck and then they set the bar for us I was in and out between A and B all season but when I was on the B team the two lads were just driving it and driving and driving it and you need to have them players there because the longer the season goes on, the less game time you're getting, you start to get a bit, oh, this isn't for me, well, like you're not going to get a look in, like you can start to feel a bit, throw yourself a pity party and you, know, you're kinda, you don't put as much effort in or you might just slack in that gym session or you might just go, you know, I will go out for one or two points on a Friday, like you know. So when you have people like Bernard who has twins at home, 10 business, every time I look at Twitter, I think it's a new business, uh, Kev McMenamum, you have Ono Gara who's travelling up for Wexford just for training, not getting a look in. Like they're the guys that are driving the session. So although you'll see the fifteen guys on the pitch, it's important to have the peripheral players to be as committed and as focused as the other lads. You see, see, from the Dublin point of view, is like, and you mentioned these lads and phenomenal players, and I actually think O'Gara could feature next Sunday. Um, Brogan, it's so unfortunate for him that he's not getting in. I, I, I think, I think he should be in. I think that he's, he's, you know, I suppose from a Jim Gavin point of view, he's looking at Dean Rock, uh, Paul Mannion, who's been outstanding, and Conor Callan, who's been outstanding, and then you've Cormac Costello to come into that line. So maybe Jim Gavin is looking. We're okay for this line. We need fellas in the half forward line, but the, the, the level of work they put in, and particularly the fellas who aren't getting game time they're on the cusp of creating history as well. 
So they want to hang on for that as well, you know. And that's that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. They're chasing records like you guys. Absolutely. You know, you know, you you wanted to emulate the great Curry team yeah. with the most of them had what seven or eight All Ireland. So like yeah. two is, or three is no good to the the O'Shea boys. They want more. And, and, and <laughs> they got five. That was the I lost five as well. Yeah, so. But that's the mentality. It's not yeah. a bad. I, I would have taken that record. <laughs> but uh, and that and that's what Bernard and the boys are doing. They're yeah. chasing uh, records now. Uh, on that point, I'll put in here. I am going to be the referee <laughs> in the middle. Everyone kind of hype is hyping up to five in a row. And if you look at players like Brian Howard, he's not going for five in a row. You look at the likes of Owen Merchant coming in, Paddy Small coming in, uh, even Khan. These lads aren't going for five in a row. So it doesn't really mean a whole lot to them. And then if you look at the experienced players, Paul Flynn walked away this year and could have easily just seen out the season. And he probably would have featured on Sunday. Like, you know, but... He wasn't just going to be content to sit on the bench. And then if he isn't content to sit on the bench, is he pushing the lads further? And this one, coming back to the A versus B games. So if you have people like Paul Flynn, who probably deserves to be there more than 90% of the players that are there, you know, like that to me sends, okay, maybe they're not just in it for the five in a row. No. Not everyone's Paul Flynn, you know what I mean? So See the way Eamon's playing down the five in a row, they, yeah. they say that the we're... politicians answer that. They, 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 <laughs> they call us cute Kerry whores, I'll tell you, they're cute Dublin Jack Heens. Yeah. We've one more question from the audience, and it's coming from the Dominic's Twitter account, and it's Finn that wants to know, who has the better set of forwards, Kerry or Dublin? <laughs> Gee, that's a very tough question. On, on, on paper, you have to say Dublin, you know, because... Conor Callaghan has been just awesome this year. The last day, he, he he was quite by his own standards, but he could have got a goal into the hill. In, in the you know the, the, there was definitely a goal there, and on another day that would have been, that, that would have been in the back of the net. Mannion and Conor Callaghan have just been they're shoe in all stars. Um, but then we do have Clifford. We have Paul Ganey who missed a penalty, and geez, you you think you you his head would go down, but it was better he got. You know so. It's we're going to be biased. We're going to say we've the better forwards, but on this year, the way they've performed, I think the inside line in particular, and Dean Rock was outstanding the last day. I think the inside line for Dublin is just phenomenal. And as a, as a, as an inside player who's played cornerback, fullback, the one thing that that I always found the toughest when you're taking on a when you're marking a player is if the fella turns turns looks at you and takes you on, and that's one thing that Conor Callaghan and Mannion do. They they always take you on. Whereas Clifford is crafty. He'll turn left. The score he got into the hill in the second half. He turned Mick Fitzsimons three or four times. He's not going to take you on and brush past you like Conor Callaghan and Mannion does, but he will eke a score. He'll, he he's crafty the way the Gooch used to it. You know, albeit he is bigger. We're being uh, run out of time here fast, uh, Finn, getting the wrap-up sign. But we can't go tonight um, on the night that's in it without talking about um, the club. and some, like We were talking about this earlier. Your, the combined kind of club careers are amazing between Vincent's All-Ireland and uh, Mark, unfortunately, losing the All-Ireland final. But I don't think even you have the sob story of uh, poor Mr. McHale, who <laughs> lost the All-Ireland final and then retired the year that his team, Ballina, finally won the All-Ireland in 2004, five. Well, it's still the club. You, you, we, we, obviously, uh, you'd like to think that you paid some, some sort of part in it. Uh, we lost it in 98, 99 season, kicked it away, kicked 
17 or 18 miles against Crosby Glen last 9-8. Uh, terrible, terrible, terrible day. Like that's at the end of your career. So, after playing in four All Ireland Senior Finals and Under Twenty One Final, I said it's not going to be. It's not a bad deal. I'm going to win a, an All Ireland with the club at 34 or something like that. So, that was a major disappointment. And then um, I was starting. The body was starting to creak a little bit. So I said, what, what am I going to do here? Am I going to end up getting badly injured, or will I play the basketball or, 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 or continue to play the football? So I said I'd play the, I could finish, I started with the basketball, I'd finish up with the basketball, and the team was still going well, so we're still competitive. So I retired, and then the boys went on and won the All-Ireland. But the three weeks after we won the semi-finals, the manager rang me and asked me to come back. And come back, like, as I was playing basketball, I was in great shape. And uh, he said, come back we could do with you for the last maybe 15 minutes to throw order on this game. If, but I said, you got, I'm not going to run on the pitch now with a big bald head on me, you know, for a sympathy medal. I said, you've got this far, you know, you got to go the, the whole way yourselves. You know what I mean? I didn't want, I wanted, if I was ever to, to get an All-Ireland medal, I wanted to earn it, you know? Mm. But that's not the only sob story. This is Mayo. Why do we bring a Mayo man when we're nearly out of time? I retired, I retired from Mayo and the, the following year, they won the league. You know, so now I was, I was lucky. I, I, I might have more provincial medals than this, but as I don't know, I won, I won seven uh, Connacht senior titles. I won yeah, four. I, I won ten. Did you? <laughs> I said I, I said I might. <laughs> so, but I won four under twenty ones, which is kind of unusual. Yes. I, I, I have no minor one, but I have four under twenty ones, and that's a good story as well. But we haven't got time for that. But. I retired then, I decided to give up the Gaelic inter-county, because as, as Mark said, you're 34, 35, it's, it's getting too hard, you have too much on, and the boys go and win the league. Now again, I was delighted about the league, but I said, geez, if I stayed around for another six months, I could have done Paul Flynn on it. Win the league and then take off. You know, but it just wasn't, the way, it's just the way it works out. Yeah, look, I forgot to mention that you do have an All-Ireland uh, club medal as well, like in, with Bridget's as a as a as a I, coach. I, so. I wasn't playing though. No, no, but as as a coach, as a coach. So, uh, but Mark, like all joking aside, like you know, I suppose like you know, you guys lose the All Ireland final in '04, I think, wasn't it to Caltra? Like you know, you're talking about the the finals that you lost with Kerry there a few minutes ago. Being that your club, you're like you know, you're you were always playing with your brothers anyway. I suppose no matter what, but you know, with the people you grew up with and stuff like that, that must. I don't want to be a negative thing about it because it's good memories as well. But like that must hurt as much as any loss, and the wins must mean as much as any win. Yeah, it was like it was an incredible year to get to the All Ireland Club club final for such a small club. Yeah. Uh, was massive, and it was like when you played the games and you'd see your your you'd be looking into the stand and you'd see all your own people, and that for me was just incredible. Um, and you know when you lose an All Ireland with Kerry, and now that said they were very hard as well because 2002 we felt we had it and we lost it I know Eamon will disagree with this because it's, it's, it's one I always have with Alan Brogan but 2011 we felt you know four or five points up coming in down the stretch now Alan always says Dublin went and took it off us which is fair enough comment to make but you know when you're in the driving seat and you lose in All-Ireland it's, it's something that just ekes away at you but you know with Kerry when, when we lost we always felt we had a chance to get back and, and right the wrongs. But when you lose one with your club, you you know, you come off the field in Croke Park and you say, Will you ever get back here to, to get another opportunity at it? We got back to a Munster club final but we lost. So, you know, we we didn't have that opportunity and you know it's it, it is a regret. But that said, 
you know, you look back in it, and there is there are great memories yeah. to take from, and and the journey that we had with the lads, and you know, they were an incredible bunch of players that, that and we still meet up, and we st- they're still your gang, as you said, you know, and they they'll be your buddies for, for the rest of your life. There's not a season, lads. There's not a season in the world in any sport like the club season. If you start in January, this and you and you you do well and get to an All Ireland final. You know, in the old format, you're, you're going for like 13 months. It's a grueling, grueling season. And the three of us were fortunate enough to ex- experience that. But to keep healthy and keep fit and keep motivated for that length of time, to train all through Christmas for a semi-final, it's just, it's an amazing. And the teams that do it are just remarkable teams. And Eamon, when you finally get there, talk to us what it was like winning that club All-Ireland. It has to be up there, obviously, for winning the Ireland with Dublin. Yeah, it was, and, and, and for a few reasons. And one of the questions that was asked to Mark there about like how the game has changed so much, like I was brought on to Dublin in 2005 uh, after a good under-21 uh, season, and I got to experience the fun side of GA. so going out, having a crack, going for points, and messing and getting up to mischief, no social media really, and then coming up towards the back end where you're like, everything's scrutinised. And I always danced on the line. Like, managers either loved me or hate me. And uh, Jim didn't like me. So, uh, uh, strongly didn't like me. So, when I got dropped by Jim, I, the game was moving. So, Pat wanted us really physical, really strong around the middle, getting hits, getting contact, where Jim wanted mobile players that could just go box to box. So, I hired a strength and conditioning coach, Martina McCarthy, who's the Irish Athletic Strength and Conditioning Coach, lost 10 kg and was at a level that I've never been fitness-wise before because I wanted to prove that I could do what he, what he wanted me to do if he just gave me a chance. But that year, we won the Club All-Ireland. And myself, Mossy Quinn, walked away. Uh, Michael Savage, who was our goalkeeper. And we had four lads that came from the county panel that year into the club scene and me personally, I had a massive point, a point to prove. So I felt like I justified it because I got suspended from two years from club football, a year from inter-county, just got dropped off the Dublin team. And I felt like I just had a, that anger to, and I needed to put it in somewhere. So for me to get there on all our final day and to watch Dermot Connolly steal the show and score 2-5 was just a joy to watch in its own right. But, you know, going back to the club then and Jim was there, and the shake Jim's hand was just, you know, it kind of just said to me, look, that was it. Like, I, I wanted to prove a point. I got my club All-Ireland. I got the county All-Ireland. If you had asked me at the start of my career what you want, that would have been it. So, like, you know, it was nice to kind of just put the cherry on the top as well. Yeah, I suppose, Mark, even with you going now to the last year, the great year as well with the... Uh, on Gales, like, it would probably give you a new lease of life when you get when you get back to playing, which you don't focus full time on your club after retiring from Inter-Kent oh, yeah, football. It was lovely to give something back to the club as well because, you know, I'm living in Tralee now, so it was a bit of a trek back, an hour back and an hour home. And I was a player, joint manager, so I kind of had that, I suppose you have a leadership role then as well, you know, and you're, you're kind of in charge of them, yet you're playing with them. So, you know, you had to make sure that you you know you have to practice what you preach and don't ever ask them to do something that you you're not willing to do yourself and I was very wary of that but to think of the journey that we went on albeit intermediate but to get back up to senior and look I, I suppose you know it brings me to the point where we did go as far as February to an All-Ireland club semi-final and then the the, the, the way the, 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 the 
club competition is structured now. April is the month of the clubs. We were actually, we, we, we lost that, so we gave the boys a bit of time out. But all of a sudden, then you're playing in the club championship again at home. And if you, you know, it's, it's like this two super eights, the same concept, and the bottom team is relegated. So, you know, we were going for 12, 13 months, and all of a sudden, then you're coming up against the likes of Dr. Crokes and these lads. And before we knew it, we were back down to intermediate. So, in a way, there's a, there's a traditionalist in me, and I love to see the, the uh, All Ireland Club finals played in Paddy's Day. But in saying that, you have to give the inter county player and the club player a bit of time off and you know as a club player you you can't you know you can't book a holiday at a certain time because you, you you don't know when the county team is going to be out and it's very unfair on the club player and i just think that with the one advantage with bringing it forward they're bringing it forward to december or to, to january the final i think that will give them a bit of time now and it's it's as i say it's so unfair in the club player and no wonder we've all these players heading off to america for the summer you know because you know there's no football going on at home and and they they see them three months off and let's let's go off and we'll be back in time for the championship yeah Again, we could kind of talk all day, and I'm really sorry that we're out of time, but I think you'll all agree that they were all brilliant value. Liam McHale, Eamon Fennell, Mark O'Shea.